of the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and joining me is Tyler. How you doing, my pal? I am doing all right. How about uh, you? As well, I have the second dose of the vaccine just swirling around in my veins right now. I am on the pathway to immunity. How are you? Same. Doing yeah. on that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Same. Okay. Yeah, I got mine on Friday. Has, has uh, the second dose hit you at all? Uh, I was feeling a little bit tired and sore, uh, but other than that, I'm fine. Yeah, same. Like, most of the people around me, like, that I work with and stuff said that the second dose hit them, like, pretty hard, and I went through Friday, because I got it in the morning on Friday, and went through the work day, it was totally fine, um, I felt pretty tired at the end of the day, like, I ended up going to bed at, like, 9.30 on Friday, um, <laughs> which is, I usually am up pretty late on the weekends, and just late in general, I was just wiped out, but otherwise, I don't know, it, I'm almost, like, wondering, like, like, I I know she put the needle in my arm. <laughs> like, no, I gotta go back. I gotta yeah. get the real shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she got it. She gave it to me, and I, I you know, I have it on my car and everything. It just, it, it's just kind of weird because even though my arm uh, doesn't even like didn't even feel sore at all, but the first shot, it felt pretty sore for like a day. So, I don't know, it's just really, really weird, but I'm, I'm glad I got it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I think the recommendation is you wait two weeks until the full immunity is kicked in. Yes. Right? Yep. All right, so we, we can earmark that. Maybe, potentially, we can do in-person podcasting here soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, I was even thinking you know it'd be cool to just hang out in person i mean we haven't had like a, a smash night in a while and all that fun stuff it'd be it'd be cool to get something going here in the next couple weeks month whatever yeah, um, yeah. it's it's exciting for sure yeah very exciting also tyler exciting racing yes of course now I got screwed on Saturday. I had to go in and work uh, for most of the IndyCar race. Um, they did the Indianapolis road course uh, this weekend. And I saw in qualifying our boy Roman Grosjean <laughs> hitting pole. Oh, yeah. In, like, just, what, his third IndyCar race? Yep. Um, yep. I didn't get to watch most of the race. I got to come back for the last 10 laps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Roman Grosjean looking real good in that Indy car. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I watched almost all the race I had the chance to yesterday and I was just pumped, man. I'm like, dude, he crushed it. He led almost half that race. If not, he might even led a little over half of the race. Yeah, it, it, um, sound, like, it sounded to me like the only reason he didn't win that race is because of some strategy stuff. Yeah, he got kind of screwed on strategy, and when, I guess IndyCar runs uh, two different types of tires, like a red tire that's faster, and then mm -hmm. blacks, which I guess is kind of your typical tire. Kind of, you know, F1 has three different types of tires um, with varying speeds and wear. 
Um, and he and I think everybody else kind of saved a set of the reds for late in the race, and he only had a set of blacks left. Um, so that kind of screwed him too. And I mean, even so, yeah. like I was watching those last ten laps, like it seemed like he got caught at the end of the race. He got caught behind Sebastian Bourdais. Yeah, he did. But after he got past, he was starting to make up some time. Right. Yeah, he did. And dude, when he was in the lead, he was just crushing it on pace. Like you, you could see his F one skills come out of him of just crushing it on pace. Uh, I yeah. mean, he got out several seconds out in the lead, like six, seven, eight seconds he was out there. Um, and then, yeah, it was basically just some strategy that kind of kind of screwed him a little bit um, and getting caught behind, um, you know, Sebastian Bourdais. But, yeah, it was, it was so exciting to watch that race and see him up there. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm – yeah, I – it – this is really opening my eyes to what a shit show hot Haas must be. Oh yeah, <laughs> Haas F1 yeah. team. Yeah, because yeah, it just shows that, like, you know, dude is super talented, and if he had the right car, he would, uh, he'd probably be way more successful than he was in F1. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him do his test with Mercedes uh, in France, and then to see him eventually replace Sebastian. Uh, uh, Valtteri Botas, uh, in the Mercedes seat, rather. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, that that will be very exciting to see. Although I guess his test is still on the same day, but that's not the France French uh, Grand Prix anymore. Because uh, F one had to shuffle yeah. their schedule around, getting rid of Turkey, two races in Austria now. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But uh, he so Romain Grosjean was on the Beyond the Grid. Uh, podcast that F1 does um, and he was just saying that yeah. he falls more and more in love with IndyCar like all the time and uh, so I think he'll be in IndyCar for a little while and, and they they asked him like you know with the Indy 500 and stuff coming up like are you kicking yourself you're not racing a full schedule and he kind of felt like he was or, like, he is kind of kicking himself that he isn't racing, like, the Indy 500 and on ovals and everything. So, maybe next year he'll be running the full schedule, which would be really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I really, I'm excited for Romain Grosjean to have a long and successful uh, IndyCar career, if, yeah. if, he, if that's what he wants to do. Definitely. What what did you think of? Because uh, we recorded on Saturday last week. What did you think of the uh, Spanish Grand Prix? I mean, <laughs> it it was mostly yeah, a sleeper, definitely. to be honest. Uh, and when you saw like like you could see what was coming at the end of the race, like oh, Max yeah. was kind of fucked. Ham- Hamilton coming back on on tires that. Uh, his car, like, the Mercedes was just better on the those medium tires. Uh, and, yeah, it's it was, it was yeah. pretty obvious what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it was totally inevitable. Like, he was, I forget, like 22 seconds behind at first, and I forget how many laps there were, but decent amount. And, you know, it was like, oh, the data shows they'll catch Max on the last lap. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's going to catch him with, like, four, four or five laps left and, yeah, that's what Lewis did and just blew right by him and yeah, Max was kind of kind of fucked. It's once again it, to me it's like 
yeah, Red Bull might have the better car, but Mercedes has been really aggressive with their strategy in trying to basically outduel Red Bull and with them being in this in second in some of these races like Bahrain and Spain, like they get that advantage to do that, which is kind of weird, but they do. And I feel like Red Bull's strategy is really kind of screwing them this year. Like they could have, they should have hands down won Bahrain, and they probably they could have won Spain too. It was kind of a toss up, but you know, mm-hmm. mistakes like that's just going to cost Red Bull and Max the championship for sure. But going to Monaco though, Red Bull's typically been strong in in Monaco, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Red Bull's car this year is that they're qualifying very well. Um, I mean, yeah, they can can really turn it on in qualifying, and Monaco is that track where uh, the race is kind of won on Saturday. Definitely. Yeah, Monaco is so hard to pass on. So, yeah, qualifying is probably maybe the most important qualifying session of the year. Of any of the tracks, I mean, it's just yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just qualify yeah, and pretty much, it. pretty much. I'm curious to see what, what Monaco is going to be like because typically it's, you know, it's probably F1's biggest spectacle race every year, and I'm curious what that's going to be like during a pandemic, <laughs> like how many people might be there and and all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, when I think about Monaco and just the sights of it, it's really just overlooking yeah. the, the sea. And, like, it, it's just the, the fucking, like, the, the track itself is yeah. the spectacle. Like, it, I don't really think of the crowd, really. I, th- I think of, like, seeing the track and seeing how, how it navigates. Like, that, that circuit is not meant for, for these no. big F1 cars anymore. Like, it's, it's not. Like... I think the most exciting races I've seen at Monaco are like the are small cars. Like uh, I, I've seen, uh, I forget how many years ago there was a Jaguar um, electric series where they were driving like tiny electric cars around Monaco, mm-hmm. and that was more exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is one of those races where I might, I, I kind of tend to sleep <laughs> through a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Um, unless you have anything else to talk about here, I think it's time yeah, to let's talk do, about let's video do it. games. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I, we'll just lead off with it because we did play a couple hours of uh, Divinity Original Sin uh, after mm-hmm. we recorded last week. Uh, got to a new area, an icy area. Um, yeah, I mean, I it it took me like a few rounds of combat to figure out what the hell all my abilities did. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's, a, it's still yeah, it is, and <laughs> it was nice to get back to it because we took took a couple weeks off of it, and um, I, I agree. At first, it was like kind of overwhelming. Then you look at our log too it's like oh yeah i forgot about all these fucking quests that are in here um but yeah no like the new area is kind of neat to explore and some cool combat scenarios fighting a lot of like mechanical rats and chickens and 
that's really weird. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what that's all about. Um, I like fighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, the one thing that was super frustrating is like kind of the this area that we ended up getting into that was there's a lot of fighting and kind of some icy areas. Um, and just this one weird environmental hazard that is basically like a trap and it just keeps shooting ice down and you could get frozen, but the way the game works, it was just kind of weird. Like, uh, you know, one time we went through it and like one of my characters slipped and it's, I'm clearly getting pelted by these ice that's falling down but yet I'm taking no damage and then I just get up and walk out of it and then another time we basically got fucked and two of our characters ended up dying and it was it was horrible so I don't know just some there's some really weird inconsistencies in this game versus original sin 2 with like environmental stuff like I swear we've stepped on traps so many times and they don't go off you know <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just it's just really kind of bizarre but yeah it's it's still a great game I'm glad we got back to it I'm looking forward to playing more of it yeah 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 uh, beyond that Tyler what else do you have I finished Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal uh, yesterday and Really enjoyed going through that game again. Some of the late, uh, late game planets really brought back some feels, uh, especially the Quark hideout, um, which is a kind of a tough place, um, but really fun to get through. Like you're fighting just these like mechanical Captain Quarks, basically in these little tiny uh, like snow gnomes, basically. Um, and yeah, it was cool. Was cool clank sections in this game, and um, it was it was really fun to get through that game. And I don't know if like if the I mean the games probably were always this, but it's just one of those things of like I was definitely better at video games as a kid than I am now because the last boss fight against Doctor Nefarious fucking whooped my ass, and I was straight up like I don't know how I'm gonna do this, like. I'm trying everything, and I am completely getting my ass handed to me. And then it was probably about my fourth try, fourth or fifth try maybe, and I just fucking nailed it. Like, I was just, I barely even got hit. Um, And so it just kind of one of those things where it all kind of came together. But, yeah, the last boss fight was was kind of tough, but uh, in kind of a weird boss fight too. I don't know if you remember much of it at all but like you fight him in an arena you get his ha- health down maybe a, a third and then you have to go through this really long combat sequence where you're just fighting regular enemies um, and he's also shooting these like lasers at you and everything too so there's a couple times is this one where there's a ton of grind um no you might might be thinking of a different one uh, but you, yeah, I'm trying to rem- to remember if there's one like that. Oh no! Okay, I think does. Mm, I think I remember this. Like, there's like 
you actually travel through a lot of kind of as well right yeah yeah kind of and in in so you travel through this combat scenario then you fight him again uh take his health all the way down and then he gets in this gigantic fucking mech and then you're flying through the air air and you're there's kind of this track and you can get in this car and ride around this track and take him out and i'm like jesus christ uh it's it's a really long and intense boss fight that even if you got to the second or third part of it if you died you had to start all over again and Mm -hmm. so yeah that was that was kind of frustrating then even some of these later planets that had some really tough uh combat scenarios like if you died there were so many times where I would just be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I have to do all of this over again? So, like, just one of those things where checkpoints, for the most part, in most of the games, like, designed differently for it. But checkpoints in modern video games kind of take for granted when you go back and play some of these older ones. <laughs> some of these checkpoints suck. But, but yeah, so, some of the weapons, as you evolve them up to level 5 or whatever, just get so fucking cool and... Yeah, I really enjoyed revisiting that game. It's been such a long time. It's definitely better than Going Commando, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to play Ratchet Deadlocked and try to run through that quick before uh, the new one comes out. Because I remember playing Ratchet Deadlocked back in the day. Really liking it, even though it's different because it's much more just combat and weapon focused. Um than, than, like, platforming and stuff like that. I think it's a shorter game, too, so... Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, And then I have played a lot of Resident Evil Village. Ooh, alright. Let's... Let's let's hear about Ethan Winters and all his bad choices. Um, So, have you played this? (laughs) Okay. No, I haven't. Gotcha. Um... Dude, this game is just fucking awesome. And I'm four hours in, um, but it's probably my favorite game so far this year. Um, That's not to say it's perfect by any means, but it is just so fucking cool. And um, this game is so absurd. Like, way more just completely ridiculous and kind of just flat-out stupid than pretty much any other Resident Evil game, in my opinion. But it still works. Um, man, I, there, I'm just trying to think how to put this without spoiling anything, but there are so many things that happen to Ethan Winters. And I am, once again, four hours in. This dude would be fucking dead. In real life. Like, 100%. There is no way this guy should survive. And there is a sequence that happens. And something happens to him. And the outcome of that, like, literally less than five minutes later, I'm like, are you kidding me? That makes no sense at all. But it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it, like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, and, yeah, Ethan Winters, I just feel like he's just kind of does just dumb as rocks in this game um but it works i guess um and yeah now i'm just kind of pretty deep into it and 
you know, now that I'm, it's just that Resident Evil gameplay loop that's just awesome. Like you get this key, now you unlock all these new areas, and you can go back to previous areas, and you have these new weapons now, and and you know you're crafting more, you're getting upgrades for your weapons, and um, just that gameplay loop of Resident Evil, I just think is just one of the best gameplay loops like ever. Like it's it's really addicting and. Uh, incredibly fun. So seeing more of the village now, the village is just so cool. The lighting is amazing. Uh, and then I have been through um, the castle. So Castle uh, Dimitrescu. Um, I don't. Yeah. So the, her name is pronounced something like that. It's like Dimitrescu. It's not Dimitrescu like we all thought. Um, but. That castle was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever experienced in a Resident Evil game. And just really neat stuff all over the place. And and, and it's also just one of these games, too, where it, this game looks so fucking gorgeous on a PlayStation 5. And it's it, it just blows my mind. Like, I remember playing, uh, like, Last of Us Part Two last year. And just the amount of detail everywhere in that game world was just fascinating. It was just cool to go around and look at all this stuff and be like, wow, what happened here? What's this? What's that? Resident Evil Village is up there in terms of like one of these productions to me where I'm just constantly looking at stuff. And I'm like, this is just so cool. It gives me just such cool vibes. Like I love the Eastern European vibes that are going on in this game and it's just it's just stunning visually to look at and um yeah i'm just i'm enjoying everything just cool boss fights so far and uh really wacky goofy story and now i'm at a point where the game is kind of opening up in a way i don't want to say it's open world but it's giving me options I guess where I can either go and go down this path or this path and I think eventually I have to do both but for a Resident Evil game I think that's kind of interesting because they've just been so linear for the most part um, so yeah it was. it's just an awesome fucking game I, I'm, I'm loving every second of it and kind of can't stop playing it right now exciting i i need to find the time i hear it's not a very long game so i i might be able to uh, sneak that in one yeah i heard it's like nine or ten hours i feel like it's probably going to take me a little bit longer just because uh i I've, i'm just kind of slow with resident evil games I, I like just taking my time and exploring and circling back to things and so i'm about four hours in and i feel like i still have a decent solid chunk of the game left for sure so yeah, but it's not not really long. Um, the one thing <laughs> I just feel so stupid with Resident Evil games sometimes uh, in terms of puzzles. Like it, it, you know, Resident Evil has certain things where you pick up this item, you're like, that's going to be important, and then what you need to do is like examine that item because on the back of it, it might have something that you need and. There's been just a couple spots so far where I'm just like scratching my head like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, 
And then once you figure it out, you're like, wow, I just feel so stupid. Like, in a way, I would I would be okay if there was not another puzzle in any Resident Evil game ever again. Because um, I just feel like they're not that exciting in the game. Like, the excitement is exploring and, and finding new stuff and um, combat, all, all you know, the story, all that stuff. But so far, the puzzles haven't been awful. But, you know just happens i guess but yeah it's it's fucking awesome yeah and like i I think it's funny like in the fiction it's it sounds like ethan winters would never figure any of that shit no i i I don't think he would (laughs) yeah there's he's such a just kind of a dumbass but i guess it works for what what they have it's it's a it's a neat game also the shopkeeper so cool such a cool dude and probably like my favorite shopkeeper in a game since uh like near automata um of just like i love this dude's character and wait who who do you like uh, near automata yeah emil yeah the the one goofy motherfucker i'm kind of forgetting his name yeah the guy yeah the 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 what yes. mask that yes, your yes, yes. wears emil yeah Okay. Um, well, you should play a uh, near replicant and figure out how that is like oh, the really? saddest things ever. <laughs> All right. So, so have you been playing more near replicant? Yes, I have. Uh, speaking of not uh, not short games, near replicant is a long game <laughs> uh, with a lot of a lot of uh, side quests that I've been distracted by. But I have gotten through some very major story points in my fir- in like the first uh run through the game um and yeah uh just learning about the origins of emil and why he is the way he is it it is like it is some devastating stuff uh that i wish i kind of knew before playing near automata but i guess eventually i'm going to be running through those game that game again um but yeah i am really enjoying myself uh did some more fishing i, I like <laughs> i like fishing mini games uh, it, it turns out. Um, so, yeah. Really looking forward to finishing that. Uh, so, are you... Yeah. Yeah. Are you still, still on your game. first playthrough of it? Okay. Yes. Uh, although, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about that because that's not... It's not really what it is. Like, it is a sequence that, like, kind of puts an end to us. I, I don't know, man. Like... It's not really an ending per se, but it is like I, I don't know how. Gotcha. To okay. It. <laughs> um, like they call it they tr- they call it like within it like ending A B C D E, like but they aren't really like endings. It's like yeah, you kind of loop back and play through some stuff and then get to an and then further the story beyond that. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Um, the structure of those games has always been like kind of at odds with what you traditionally expect from mm-hmm. a video game. Um, but yeah, really excited to continue that. I have continued my uh, MLB, uh, the Show Twenty One baseball stuff. I, yeah, Phil Spencer is just a legendary pitcher, a pretty good hitter. Um, I've been, I've been. Uh, last night I, I pitched a. A shutout, full game. Uh, so yeah, really Ooh. enjoying my time with that. Uh, played some hmm, Tyler. Uh, 
I should really be, um, I don't know, more disciplined, but I, I played some of that Mass oh, Effect all right. Edition. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, started up with the first Mass Effect game and uh, didn't get too far. Like, I, I just got back to the Citadel after that first mission uh, on Eden Prime, and uh, yeah, just really soaking it in, just going through every dialogue tree for mm -hmm. every NPC I meet. So that's going to take me hundreds of hours to get through. How's the how's the game look and feel? Yeah, uh, so I guess the first Mass Effect game is going to probably yeah. be the most drastic uh, change, being the oldest game. But uh, it looks it looks okay. Like it, like I remember, like I think like five or six years ago, I replayed the Mass Effect games again. Uh, and I kind of remember, like, that first game looking really not great. Um, but it looks okay now. Like, it, it is something I can look at for a few hours at a time and not <laughs> feel sick. Um, and as far as it plays, like, I mean, it's not going to be... It's it's not a cutting-edge game, but it, it feels like an acceptable video game to be playing yeah. in a modern-day sense. Uh, it, it doesn't, like... I, I remember, like, the first Mass Effect, like, really not being the greatest shooter um, because that's not what that game was meant to be. It was more of an RPG with some shooter stuff in it. Um, but yeah, I I am enjoying myself in the Mass Effect. That's um, Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Really excited to go back and like meet all those characters again. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. going to hopefully pick that up this, this coming week. Um because yeah, I'm I'm really really excited to play through those games again. Are you uh, are you a femship? Okay. Yes, I I I'm a femship. I'm a paragon. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm the most boring person yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, I actually did not. I, I played as a male shepherd the first time through, and it was it was good. But this time, I'm definitely going to play as femship from everything I've heard. Sounds like the Femship uh, voice acting is pretty superb. So. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and lastly here, I guess this is going to lead into the news because uh, Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest just happened. Uh, but I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and yeah, I'm just... I, I just wanted to mention that right, right before we get into the news because I am really fucking excited about where Final Fantasy XIV mm -hmm. is going. Um, so, like I said, they had their fan fest this, uh, I, it was like Friday and Saturday. Um, and uh, they revealed some information, including the release date for Endwalker. It is coming November 23rd. Uh, if you pre-order it, you can get early access November 19th. Um, they released a full trailer. Uh, good music, Tyler. Uh, you should probably just... I, I know you don't give a shit about Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV because you don't play MMOs. Um, yeah, this is some wild shit. Uh, they already revealed earlier this year uh, the Sage class, which is a healer. Uh, but they also revealed the new DPS class. Ooh. You can be a Reaper. You can wield a big-ass scythe like be the most edge lord you can be um 
I mean, they already have an Edgelord class for tanks, but now we have an Edgelord DPS, so, yeah, um, really excited. It's, it, this game is, <laughs> to be honest, Tyler, if we weren't doing this podcast, I might only be playing Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Like, <laughs> this could be the only game I play, and I'd probably yeah. be happy. Um, it's a lot there. And yeah, I'm I'm really really happy with how it, how it's developing and yeah. Uh, also at the fan fest, we didn't put this in the news. There's mm. so much merch, Tyler. There's so much merch, uh, Tyler. There, there, what if I told you I could buy a thirty-six hundred dollar guitar? <laughs> that's that's Final Fantasy. Uh, sure. You want me to show you this guitar? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me go to my Twitter real quick so uh, I can pull up these tweets. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna link this in here. It is, yeah. Let me. See. Oh no, it's um, yeah, yeah, thirty-five hundred dollar guitar. Uh, let me, how do I copy? All right. It's it's weird using using Twitter while I'm trying to. Oh, that's not okay. I know that appears yeah. black, but there's a link in there. there. <laughs> Um, oh wow! But yeah, it is a very nice looking guitar. Um, wow! <laughs> and I want it. So if any rich people out there want to go buy me a guitar, uh, there are also watches that wow. I'm interested in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they are really going all out. Uh, I, I guess Square really does do merchandising a lot with mm-hmm. their, with their properties. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. This stuff is like they are going for like high yeah. quality stuff now. Yeah. For Final Fantasy. Well, we know what you'll be playing this this fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, already my game of the year. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. What, what? So, what is this Reaper yeah, class like? Well, what? What do they do? So it is a melee DPS class. Um, I mean, they didn't really show off too much of its abilities, but yeah, it's okay. it's a uh, yeah another. I mean, they've added classes before, and like this is the first melee DPS class they've added f- since Stormblood, I think, um, which was like I want to say three or four years, maybe five years ago. When was that? It is. This game's old, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I don't know, man. I just, I just really like where where they're going with this. So, that's not the only bit of news um, to kind of tide us over until uh, Endwalker releases. They they're releasing the five point five five patch, which like the point five five patches are typically the last patch. I think they might do a five six like right before uh, the expansion releases, but um, yeah, they're doing doing a patch to uh, continue the story and help do some more lead-up towards Endwalker. Uh, and that's going to release May 25th. Um, Along with the PS5 version. Yes, so uh, for those of you who own this mystical device known as a PS5 that only seems to exist for, I don't know, <laughs> bots and some people, uh, yeah, you'll be able to play that um yeah just final fantasy 14's in a really good place i will say it is the best final fantasy and uh, yeah. i know i'm not the only one but it is 
It is, in my opinion, the best Final Fantasy. That seems to be the opinion for people that are deep into that game. That it's the best one. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, like, revealed in this fan fest, uh, we're going to have Bunny Boys. Bunny Boys? Previ yes. Uh, so, previously, the Viera race was exclusive to female variants, but uh, now they're going to allow... Uh, bunny boys and uh there's this huge t tiger race called the hrothgar that was gender locked males but now they're gonna work on mm. a female hrothgar so yeah always good to uh allow people to create whatever character they yeah. want in a game like this definitely so tyler when are you gonna play final fantasy uh, probably probably don't have time sorry <laughs> I could. You could buy a level skip and then just yeah. not know any of the mechanics and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, enough Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, time for like one of the other greatest games of all time, Hades. It looks like it's coming. Yeah. It's rated by the Korea's Game Rating and Administration Committee, which feel like they leak a lot of games. <laughs> a lot of times, I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of things leak out of here, but it happens. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think this is just like ratings committees around the world, yeah. not just the Korea. Yeah, Korea's rating board. Um, um, but additionally, with this rating, though, Take Two is listed as the publisher for this version, which is interesting. Okay. Because um, I don't think I want to say Supergiant self-published this game, right? I don't think they had a publisher. Um, I could I be thought, wrong. Hmm. Didn't Epic Games have exclusivity for a while? Um, on the well, no. Like, I mean, it was on Steam early access. Or for, for its early no, well, for its early access, launched on the Epic Game Store. Oh uh, yeah, you, you know what? You're right. You you are right. Who published Hades? Yeah, Supergiant Game. They published it themselves. Hmm. All right, so that must have yeah, just been a deal definitely. they had on PC yeah, for yeah. early access. So yeah, that might be uh, Hades coming to PS4 eventually. I would fucking play through that game again, because why not? Um, on, a, on a different system, mm -hmm. but it's it's so good. It deserves to be out there on as many many systems as possible. So yes. All right. Our yes. game of the year last year, actually. Yes. I'm just now remembering. Uh, <laughs> that was like, that was just last year, Tyler. It wasn't like a, n a number of years ago, as, as, yeah. even though it might feel that way. Because um, wasn't like Hades like early in the year last year as well, and still managed to carry that. I think it came out like early year. access, like early in the year. Last year, uh, I think it launched in like August or something, September maybe. Um, it was like late summer is when it actually launched. I remember getting it on Switch. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we have here? Let's talk about some hardware, I guess. Um, if you have a PlayStation 5, now you can get some fancy controllers. Uh there's a, there's a black and a red controller. Um, 
these colors look look pretty nice yeah. in my opinion yeah they do um yeah it's like a cosmic red so it's there's eh, that's what they're calling it at least it's uh so it's like a darker red it looks very good red and black uh, around where the analog sticks are and then the the midnight black one looks basically like a, a classic black playstation controller um that we've had forever all right hold on hold on hold on what the fuck the, the red controller costs yes like five dollars for some reason i was gonna say that i don't <laughs> understand that at all uh <laughs> Yeah, they just thought I, I don't. Cool. I don't know, man. It's like one of those things where you buy a car and it's more expensive because it's red than if you were to buy the black version or whatever. I, I don't fucking know, but um, yeah. So that's kind of weird. But I honestly might buy that midnight black one. Like that. That controller looks so cool, and I, I love black PlayStation controllers. And ah, man. Um, but yeah, seventy dollars for that one, seventy-five for the cosmic red one. They come out June eighteenth. Awesome. So, yeah, um, but it doesn't sound like anyone's going to be able to actually buy a PlayStation Five, uh, even into next year, <laughs> according to a, a report by Bloomberg. Um, but yeah, Sony is not expecting uh, supply to. Uh, meet demand even into next year that's that's disappointing that makes me sad i just want a playstation 5 yeah so basically yeah they're they're kind of expecting it to continue i mean the sh- the shortages and all that stuff really affects everything um they were saying that they are working on like increasing how much they're making and you know they should hopefully be able to ramp that stuff up this summer and through the rest of the year but you know the demand's just so high for this machine that i think it's it's going to be hard to get that to kind of equal out um no matter what you know and that it is it is really frustrating uh for the people that want it i'm sure it's equally as frustrating for sony that could have sold millions and millions of more units if it weren't for shortages and all that um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, you know, this fall or something, it, it'll be easier to get a PS5, but even then, I, I don't know. Um, it's gonna, gonna be difficult. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which means that, um, I mean, even to compound this, I mean, uh, there, there are going to be a lot of games that uh, I'm just not going to be able to play until then. Uh, so this, I mean, this next story, PlayStation working on 25 PS5 games. Half of them new franchises, but yeah, I'm not going to be able to play any of them. <laughs> yeah, so this came from another Wired article. Sony loves Wired. Um, and, you know, it was an interview with Herman Holst, who's the head of PlayStation Studios, where he said there are about 25 PlayStation Studios titles in development, um, which I think that would include stuff like like a Returnal or Demon Souls. You know, those games are made by studios that are not owned by PlayStation, but because PlayStation is funding them, they are PlayStation Studios games. 
Um, so I'm sure there's plenty of deals in there like that. But um, yeah, I think it's really cool because I think you can kind of start to think of like, you know, there's probably, you know, 12, 13 uh, games that are maybe sequels. And I feel like you can kind of look at a lot of these teams and go like, okay, what... You know, like Sony Santa Monica is making a God of War sequel, so that's one of them. We have Last of Us Remake, we have Horizon, Gran Turismo 7. And so I feel like you can kind of start to figure a lot of those out. And then, but it's just exciting to have a lot of new IP hopefully coming out. And then with Sony recently saying that they're investing, like it was like $183 million or something like that into their first party studios, makes me wonder if they're trying to put multiple teams at some of these studios um too so maybe maybe that's the case with some of these it's it's exciting regardless um it's a pretty decent decent amount of first party games yeah yeah uh, it sounds like an exciting time to own a playstation 5 tyler <laughs> i wouldn't know how it feels yeah yeah it very much could be i mean ratchet's not too far away um, we'll see what else they got, I guess, this summer. Hopefully we'll get some details about that soon. You'll get one. You'll get one, eventually. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. Uh, well, yeah, I, I expect to hear some more. If I, Sony is having a summer event, just not around they the They right? haven't officially announced anything, but I think it's probably pretty typical and will be expected for them to have it in the summer might not be exactly around e3 i i think it'll be interesting if they do that because ratchet comes out june 11th which is the week of e3 and when a lot of these publishers are going to go i feel like sony would probably want to give ratchet some breathing room maybe with announcing some stuff i so it's either it's either they'll go before Ratchet, which at that point I feel like we would maybe hear about it by now, or they'll go after Ratchet. Because I think the PS5 reveal was like very early June. So, yeah, we'll see. But I imagine we'll hear something soon, hopefully. All right. Well, speaking of things happening this summer... Um, QuakeCon 2021 is uh, actually probably doing a responsible thing here and uh, maintaining a digital-only event through this year. Uh, it's going to happen August 19th through 20, uh, 21st. What is QuakeCon going to look like this year now that Bethesda is owned by Microsoft? Who could say? Yeah, yeah. you know what? I never really thought about that. That is a really interesting thing, what that might be. What they might show off. And mm. I mean, I we didn't. I don't think we put it in the news here, but uh, Starfield was pretty much confirmed as a PC yeah. Xbox I did see that. I did see that. Which um, so I imagine we'll yeah. That. That'll. I mean, that's gotta be their big thing, right? I I don't even really know what Bethesda would have at this point besides Deathloop, but that'll. You know, uh, would they show that off here? I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, like, it launched Doom. Is there going to be more content for Doom Eternal? 
I don't know, because they just got out their second DLC. Um, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be really interesting what they will show off and what it will be like um, under Microsoft. Also, I, yeah, I never really thought, too, like in this article on IGN that we're looking at, is like, they totally could have had an in-person event because this is typically held in Texas and Texas is basically open at this point. Um, but they're not doing that, which is, which is good. Yeah. And like, I mean, you can't even just think about, oh, it's, it's in Texas. You, you typically for something like this, you have people traveling from all over yeah, too. Right. So like, I, it's, yeah, I, I kind of expected, uh, if companies are going to try to be responsible this year, they'll, they'll just hold off, um, for, for a little while longer. Because, I mean, I'm not an expert on this pandemic, but I feel like, at least for the United States, it's it's around the corner. We're not quite there yet, but just if we can hold off just for a little bit longer, we'll... we'll yeah, I think so. Close. I think I, I do agree with that. I, I mean, I was seeing how pretty much every state either stayed the same or went down in terms of new cases and all that stuff, which is good. And, you know, mm-hmm. a number of people, I think like 60% of adults are, have at least one shot now, which is awesome. It's just, I feel like it's kind of getting to the point with some of these vaccines, too, of like, you know, going to really have to encourage some of these people to get there and get it, which is frustrating. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I... The last thing we need now is to just, like, totally go hands-off and create a COVID-19 mutated variant that uh, yeah, is resistant yeah, definitely. to the vaccine. Definitely. Um, and, yeah. Uh, we've also got an EA Play Live showcase. Uh, this is, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed, but this has got to be a digital event, too, right? They aren't going to fly people out to L.A. when there isn't an actual E3 E3's digital, so imagine EA Play. I would imagine they they did not say if it's going to be digital or not, but I I would imagine it is. It'd be dumb to have it in person. I think because this year at least. Yeah, I don't. I think part of the reason they can do an event in person there is because they also just have E3 Mm -hmm. in the same city. Um. You aren't gonna just draw. You aren't gonna draw the same crowd if E3 isn't doing an in-person yeah. event as well. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, July twenty-second. We'll see what EA has. Um, feel like EA usually is kind of disappointing, but you imagine they'll have Battlefield, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, Battlefield's probably going to be their big game, and maybe hopefully we'll see something actually substantial dragon age 4 like jesus christ (laughs) like if we get another typical ea here's a fucking trailer sort of thing and that's it i'm gonna be really disappointed um you know i feel like the past couple years i guess it's kind of been expected but um yeah, I would think Dragon Age is hopefully on track to where we can at least see some fucking gameplay of it. That'd be awesome to see that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll see some more Battlefield, apparently, in June, according to a tweet from the Battlefield account, where they somehow think that boom <laughs> rhymes, rhymes with soon. Uh, uh, so, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's the kind of shithousery we're going to get, why not just do a fucking <laughs> Bad Company 3? Just, just do it. Just get it out of the way. But it's going to be Battlefield 6. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see it at probably at yeah. Eve Play. Considering right. that's in June, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. It's, it's going to be a Battlefield game. They took a year off, so let's see if they do anything new or different. Yeah, I, I and it's probably going to be modern day. I think that's kind of the leak. Um, some some images have leaked or something that basically is a modern day Battlefield. Um, you know, I can I can be down for a Battlefield. I. I I haven't really played one in a while, but I feel like they kind of, uh, there was a lot of fatigue, especially around Battlefield Five, And I think, you know, also basically putting out a Star Wars game too, even though they're, you know, Star Wars Battlefield are different, but they're similar in ways. Like, yeah, just kind of really burnt themselves out, I think, and taking a year off, hopefully they can do some really cool stuff. I'm really, really curious to see what they're able to do with next gen consoles in terms of visuals because Battlefield still is one of the most stunning video games you could ever see. Um, even even on the multiplayer side. Like those maps are fucking gorgeous. And um, to see what they can do with um, with next gen hardware in terms of destruction and sound and all that. I mean there there's a lot of really good potential here I think for a Battlefield game. I'm, Curious, for sure. All righty. Well, enough from EA. Yeah. We'll hear from them later. It's time to uh, see what Capcom's all excited about, and uh, they should be excited. They're, they're doing pretty well. Uh, Resident Evil Village, uh, according to this, has shipped over 3 million units. Resident Evil Village doing very well. Um, yeah. And on top of that as well, Monster Hunter World has uh, surpassed 17 million sales. Yeah. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise uh, is close to 5 million. And that's just yeah. on the Switch. Monster Hunter Rise is just on the Switch and it has almost sold 5 million. Uh, so yeah, Capcom in Definitely. a really good place right now. Yeah, I feel like they have been over the past really the past console generation they've really turned themselves around and have had some awesome hits um and i still i just think it's mind-blowing the monster hunter world sold 17 million copies i mean that is awesome for them um yeah well you just don't I, respect I, monster hunter. <laughs> I mean uh, it's not my thing but it's also before you know it was on on ds and psp and stuff i felt like it was a much more kind of niche game still popular especially in japan but like to kind of basically break through and have a, such a mainstream hit that sells 17 million copies is fucking really good for them that's just awesome yeah and yet you want to nitpick at how the bats look uh. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Uh, let's, yeah. I, 
what do, what does Capcom have? Like they just released Village. What's what's next for Capcom or Resident Evil? Yeah, for Man. for Capcom, like what? Well, are, what's I next? mean, they are putting that. They, I mean, they just did. They like they had a double barrel blast this year with Monster Hunter and Resident yeah. Evil. So and they are putting. They do the Ace Attorney games, right? So those are coming out on PS4. Um, Is it my prediction? I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty pretty darn close to your prediction. Um, And they have um, oh man, I'm totally blanking on the name. It was it was it's a game that they revealed at the PlayStation reveal event. That was that like space sort of game. That's coming out in like 2023 oh. at this point or something. It's not Project Athlete. Right. That's the Square thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't. I don't remember what that is, but you know they're working on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had that whole oh leak, basically, that said that they were working on like a Dragon's Dogma two. And a Street Fighter Six, you know, I think those are probably pretty obvious ones, especially Street Fighter. Um, you know, hopefully, like a Devil May Cry is in development uh, as well. I, I fucking love that franchise. So I don't know, man. I feel like it'll be a little bit before we see a new Resident Evil game. Resident Evil Four remakes probably next, but I feel like that one's pretty far away. It's, it's it's called Pragmata. Pragmata. Yeah. What a bad name. Yeah, I guess. Game. Yeah, us kind of forgetting that name. <laughs> kind of says something. Oh, man. All yeah. right. Well, hmm. What do we have left here? Uh... We have Don't Nod. We have a story about Don't Nod and how, uh, they're not for sale. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, so, I'm not sure where this interview came up in, but uh, the basic thing here is that they have received offers to be ac- to be acquired, but they have refused those offers and, ma- and uh, decided to remain independent. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Definitely. Yeah, I mean... I read this and I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome because not not every studio needs to be bought up, you know. And I know, prob- you know, everything's for sale, you know. It, basically, every studio can be for sale if, if the price is right. But it's cool that they're kind of refusing some of these things and uh, in order to remain independent. I think... For the games that Don't Nod makes, I think it's it is important for them to re- remain independent to be able to dig deep into a lot of those things that they want to get into with like the Life is Strange franchise and and you know I think that creative freedom of being independent can really uh, lend itself well to what they do. So so I think that's that's awesome um, and. Hopefully they can remain independent. I think they had... I could have sworn they had like a deal with... Maybe I'm thinking of a different studio. Like a like Tencent 
um, kind of invested some money into Don't Nod. Um, I thought I saw that like late last year or whatever. But regardless, you know, they also had that deal with Microsoft for Tell Me Why, and you know, I think they'll they'll do a lot of that sort of stuff. But um, I think them remaining independent's a, a good thing for them. You know, there's so much consolidation in in the industry that it's good to see a studio not be bought up immediately all the time and not everything be bought up. It's it's like Insomniac, like forever they did not want to sell and then they finally did and that was probably one of the best um, purchases Sony has ever made. Um, so, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, I could see them being bought eventually, but, you know, stay independent while you can. Um, all right, let's, hmm. we have, we have Ubisoft news here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much news this no, is. No, it's, it's mostly that Ubisoft is looking to go more free to play, which is kind of an interesting thing. Like they said, um, where's, what's the quote here? So this is from their CFO. Um, in line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three or four premium AAAs per year. Additionally, we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term. Okay. <laughs> I mean... I guess, I guess that's starting. Yeah, well, I... With that, with that, with that, uh, Tom Clancy... The Division, the, the, yeah, Division Heartland the division that just yeah. got revealed, and... Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that's probably one of the bigger ones. I struggle to see how some franchise, but, you know, that's why I guess I'm not a game developer. I kind of just struggle to see how some of their franchises fit into... Uh, free to play like Assassin's Creed. I can't see a AAA free to play Assassin's Creed game working. Um, yeah, but Skull yeah, Rams. I mean, yeah, but that's more of like a spin-off. It's focused on one thing. Um, you know, I could see Skull and Bones absolutely being free to play. I just wanted to say <laughs> Skull and Bones, which got delayed again. That's not in the news, but yeah, again to yeah, next it's year like maybe. yeah, fiscal year twenty two to twenty three. Um, so yeah, I can totally see that being free to play. I don't know if I can see Far Cry being free to play, um, but I guess it kind of depends on, I guess how they design the games. I'm sure they'll figure something out with a lot of these and. The Crew 3. I could see that being free-to-play. I, I could. With what the crew is. Yeah, definitely. I'm really curious to see what this Division game is. Is Like, is it basically like the Division 3, but it's free-to-play? I don't know. And, you know, when you think about Ubisoft, they don't really have a free-to-play game that's a massive hit. Like, Hyperscape kind of fell on its face. Um... But you look over at EA, they have Apex Legends, um, Activision has uh, Call of Duty Warzone, um, there's 
and they the Ubisoft probably looks at some of those massive publishers that they compete with and they're like why don't we have one of these you know of just a free to play game that constantly has people coming back to it and spending money and they're excited for the next season and you know all that we'll see Bring back the bring back the Assassin's Creed multiplayer as a free to play game. I could maybe see that. Yeah, I can maybe see that. I think the problem with the Assassin's Creed multiplayer is that it was just way too repetitive from game to game. Like they didn't change it a lot. Um, it, it was a really fun multiplayer. Like I really liked playing it. It was different, but I think that was kind of its bigger problem. But it'd be cool if it brought it back. I don't know. I can maybe see like a Ghost Recon free-to-play sort of thing, maybe, too. Um, you know, I, I, could do, I could totally see Rainbow Six Quarantine, whatever they decide to rename it, maybe being free-to-play. And I'm shocked Siege isn't free-to-play. Kind of, you know. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that game has such a large audience that going in free-to-play, I mean, they already have a shitload of microtransactions in that game, so... Yeah. I don't think they're totally going to get away from the premium AAA, as they call it. They're not going to get away from that, but I think we'll just see a lot more free-to-play games out of Ubisoft, and hopefully some of them are cool. Your free-to-play Rayman is coming. I could see that working maybe on a phone or something like like that. yeah, Rayman like the Run. Super Mario Run or whatever. But, I don't know. Or is it Rayman Go? What what would Rayman Go be? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's what Ubisoft probably used since they've had multiple Go games. That means, like, two different things, though. Like, a Go game, like, in the Hitman Go sense, and then the Pokemon <laughs> Go sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of a multiplayer, I want to I want to return and talk about Assassin's Creed earlier, but Mass Effect 3's multiplayer could return according to the Legendary Edition project director. Um, so there was an interview with CNET uh, regarding to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer making a return. I would never say no to that. We would... We want to see what kind of reception the Legendary Edition gets and what demand for the multiplayer is. And then we'll ask ourselves if we have the resources and time to bring it up to the quality level we want. We and fans want. Um, yeah, I, I, I would play... You know, that's another thing they could do free-to-play. It's just a Mass Effect 3... Um, a Mass Effect multiplayer mm-hmm. free-to-play game. Um... Yeah. I I would like to see this. I think the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was um good enough that it should have been part of this uh this remaster or remake whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, I enjoyed Mass Effect 3's multiplayer back in the day. And how am I going to get my galactic <laughs> readiness know. up? I know. I I guess they they had to have rebalanced all of Mass Effect 3 in a way, right? Because that whole like yeah. galaxy at war thing played into into Mass Effect 3's 
like even a single player, um, which was kind of in that age where that sort of stuff happened. Um, kind of glad a lot of games don't do that anymore. Um, but unless it's like some fucking Destiny experience where it's you know shared world sort of thing where you know it's just all across one one account. But um, yeah. I think it'd be really awesome if they brought it back. I can totally understand why they didn't do it, though, because they're trying to remaster three games, and one of them, being the first game, really needed a lot of work more than the other two. And I just imagine that's that's a lot of work, and this is what got put on the chopping block, but it, it would be really cool if they brought Mass Effect multiplayer back in some way, but maybe we won't get it until the new one comes out in 10 years. Whatever fuck that game comes out. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get a trailer next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the following year. Yeah. And Jeff Keeler will be like, guys, we got Mass Effect at the Game Awards. It's like, fuck yeah, let's go. And then it'll just be a trailer that won't really yeah. say anything. I'm just like, ah, okay. I mean, cool, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Liara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. I I want to say that my gut feeling though is that this won't happen at all, and we won't get Mass Effect multiplayer until the new one comes out. But um, it would be cool if it happened. I I would play it for sure. Yeah. Although, like, mm, okay, yeah, yeah, I. Mm. I'm just trying to think of like how much time I have for games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I want it, but do I have time for it? Yeah, that's another thing. It could totally be like, "Hey guys, we added this," and I'll be like, "Cool," and I play three rounds and never touch it again. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games, we played a little bit and didn't touch again. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes. <laughs> <laughs> we played this a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, we didn't get back to it. Just yet, uh, but there's going to be an upgrade at least uh, for, for for next gen. I, I imagine you were playing it on PS5 when we were playing together. Yes, right? it was. So you'll get this update. Um, but yeah, Remnant from the Ashes gets an upgrade. Uh, Xbox and PC are getting crossplay. I'm not sure how uh, how likely we'll ever get crossplay between all the platforms, but that's happening. Um, yeah. We're going. We're going to see a lot of this. Uh, games that released in the last two or three years, getting an update for the new consoles. So. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, this is cool. I mean, it's kind of the typical upgrade. You know, you can bump it up to four K at thirty, or you can play the game at sixty frames, ten eighty p. You know, kind of typical things like that. But it's very cool. I feel like this is a game that. The more frames you have, the better. Um, mm-hmm. With kind of how fast and frantic the combat can be, so yeah, it'd be cool to check this out with with this upgrade. Not as cool, however, Tyler, as '80s action heroes going into Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> Do you want to play as Rambo in uh, Warzone? Shit, oh, nah. Man. I don't want to play as Rambo. I'd play as Die Hard. I'd play All as right. Bruce Willis in, in fucking in Warzone. Why not? All right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I never really 
got into Rambo. Um, but I guess this is fitting for Call of Duty in a way. Like, you know, we see Fortnite, Fall Guys, you know, games like Rocket League to get a bunch of kind of crossovers. And I'm sure Call of Duty is trying to figure out what kind of other crossovers they can have with other franchises and landed on Rambo. I guess it also makes sense with Cold War. I think that's set in the 80s. Getting Rambo and, and stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, cool. Why not? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see brand crossovers in these free-to-play games because that's, 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 that's a draw. Yeah. And that gets people to spend money. Yep. Yep, they so. will definitely buy the battle pass, buy the skin, do whatever they got to do to get that. I'm not that kind of person. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a skin they could sell that I'd buy. Tyler, it, what could they sell you? <laughs> and you don't have to answer that because, you know, they'll probably they'll probably start getting advertisements because we're talking into microphones <laughs> on the internet. Uh, uh, what could they if, sell me? Um, trying to think. The Terminator. Why not? Every game has the Terminator. Nah, okay. That that would be dumb in Call of Duty. Um, I would play. Think. God damn it! This is, you know, this is the stupid thing that came in my head. Two things: Shrek. <laughs> I would play Jesus. a Shrek in Warzone. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that would that would be pretty funny. We're, we're Paul Bart, mall cop. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, that'd be good. My brain is poisoned. I don't know why those things are the first things that came to my head. I've I've never seen Paul Blart, to be totally honest with you. They're not good movies, but I, I don't know. They're funny enough, but like I, not something you need to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I recently watched the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Okay, I don't know why you do that to yourself. But I don't either. Okay. I'll be totally honest with you, dude. I don't understand Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, probably because I didn't grow up with it at all. But, uh, you know, I guess it was all right. They just talked about pizza and there was some fighting and weird stuff. I, I don't know. It was a I weird mean, movie. I feel like... The turtles and Batman share one thing in common, and that the uh, best things about them are their animated series. Meh. So. I might. I mean, the Batman animated stuff is really good, but I think there's plenty of good live action Batman. Yeah, I mean they're Definitely. good, but I think I per, my personal taste is uh, I think those animated, like all the animated stuff from Batman, I just like more. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Batman Beyond, I felt was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just a personal taste thing. Maybe I just like animated no, stuff. No, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of people that are probably in that same boat with you, of liking animated Batman, especially, um, oh, fuck, his voice actor, Kevin, Kevin Conroy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that voice is Batman to a lot of people, so... Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. And and I think 
animation works so much better for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, just because of who they are. Like the watching this '90s movie, I'm like, they just look horrifying. Like these costumes are horrifying. <laughs> oh, you think those co- costumes look horrifying back then? Have you seen a modern day picture of those costumes and the wear they have? No, I don't. Like, I don't think I have. Some, I think like a few years ago, those costumes started like popping up. Like people found them in like warehouses or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they look absolutely horrifying. Yeah, yeah, they're just very strange costumes. <laughs> see yeah all right well i think that's a podcast yeah I, I think that's a show i think it's time to wrap up the show so we can get back to doing some video game stuff like you know we do we're video games men and uh we got to go do the video games we do uh so we'll catch you all next week but until then uh we, we oh i i almost skipped a few things you need to, you need to send us questions because we demand it of you. Send us questions if you have them. Uh, via email at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. You could yell at me at The Arctic's Law. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and Captain Quartz, Big Daddy Dick.